G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. We all have minor miracles in our lives, easy enough to explain. But big miracles like Jesus rising from the dead, well, they're black and white. They're truth or fiction, reality or illusion. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond and welcome to the program today as we take another look back at Easter from a different perspective. Every now and then, we have little miracles happen in our lives. Something just falls into place, or we meet someone apparently by chance, and that sets off a whole string of other coincidences that can alter the course of our lives. Little miracles are easy enough to explain away, I guess. But big miracles, well, they either happened or they didn't. Either it's a miracle or an illusion or a lie. There are no grey areas. Imagine you're one of the twelve disciples. Your mates tell you a few days after Jesus' crucifixion that they've seen him alive. But you saw him crucified. They're saying he's alive. Yeah, right. So prove it to me. You and I, we'd probably need some tangible evidence, wouldn't we? I certainly would. Well, so did a guy called Thomas. I love illusions. I remember when I was working as an IT consultant, I worked at a large bank in the IT department, and one of the men that worked there, his name was Peter. He was an illusionist. We called it magic years ago, but I'm not talking about magic. I'm talking about illusions, tricks, things that trick the eye and the mind into seeing and believing things that actually didn't happen. Every time he left his office or his cubicle, he'd always be stuffing things in his pockets or putting things up his sleeves, and he always had a little trick ready to go at an instant's notice. I remember he had a little wooden finger guillotine. We all know what a guillotine is. Imagine he had this tiny little guillotine, and it was like a wooden sheaf, and the guillotine slid in. Now, the wooden sheaf had three holes, one for you to stick your finger through, and then, on either side, top and bottom of your finger, it had little holes for toothpicks. Right? So, the deal was, you put your finger in the big hole, you put a toothpick above your finger and a toothpick through this sheaf below your finger, and he would slide the metal guillotine in the top of the sheaf. And he'd go, one, two, and then... Bang! This guillotine would come down. I have to tell you, the blade was pretty sharp. This guillotine would come down and it would snap the toothpick above your finger. It would snap the toothpick below your finger. (laughs) But so far, I still have all of my little fingers, even though I went through this guillotine thing quite a number of times. To this day, I have no idea how the guy did it. I've looked at this wooden sheaf. It's just a couple of bits of wood nailed together. I've looked at the guillotine. It is solid as a rock. How did he do it? No idea. I remember going to a David Copperfield performance. Now, David Copperfield, again, is a well-known illusionist. This was a live performance, and he did some amazing things. But the one that really sticks in my mind is when he got into this huge perspex box, you know, about three times the height of a man and and really wide. It was a solid, well, it looked like a solid perspex box. They put a lid on and all of a sudden he starts to levitate and fly inside the box. Again, I have no idea how he did that. I bought front row seat tickets 
so that I could get close to this. Tell you, the guy was flying in the box. So I love illusions, but I know that David Copperfield didn't fly. I know that that guillotine didn't pass through my finger. Those things weren't magic, they were illusions. Now you get to something just as confounding and confusing. Jesus. We know historically he was nailed to a cross. We know he was dead. Doctors read the historical accounts and they say, well, we know that he's dead because his blood plasma had separated. I mean, when they pierced his side and water and blood ran out, that is a medical indication that Jesus definitely was dead. He was buried. And yet all his followers were racing around afterwards saying, he's alive, he's alive, he's risen. Come on, really? What's the evidence? If it's true, it's going to have an enormous impact on my life. But I need to know it's true. I need to know that it actually happened. Because it's such an amazing thing. It's not an illusion. If it's real, it's a genuine miracle. If it's not, it's a lie. It defies the most basic natural law, which goes something like this. When you're dead, you're dead. Right? That's a basic natural law. And yet the resurrection of Jesus Christ completely defies the most certain law of all, which is one day my body's going to give up the ghost and one day so is yours. Well, there was another skeptic, one of his disciples, a man called Thomas, who was really skeptical about this as well. The story goes like this. Let me read it to you. Thomas, who was sometimes called the twin, one of the twelve disciples, wasn't with the others when Jesus came. And yet the other disciples told him, we saw him, we saw Jesus. Thomas said, look, unless I see the nail holes in his hands and put my finger in the nail holes and stick my hand in his side where they stabbed him, I will not believe it. Eight days later, I love this, Thomas had to wait for eight days, his disciples were in the room again. This time Thomas was with them. And Jesus came through the locked doors and stood amongst them and said, Peace be with you. Then Jesus focused his attention on Thomas and said to him, Look, Thomas, take your finger, examine my hands, take your hand, stick it in my side. Don't be unbelieving. Believe. And Thomas said, My master, my God. And he worshipped Jesus. Jesus said, So you believe because you've seen with your own eyes. But even better blessings are in store for those who believe without seeing. Jesus provided far more God-revealing signs than are written down in this book. These ones are written down so that you will believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and in the act of believing, have real and eternal life in the way he personally revealed it. No serious historian doubts the existence of Jesus, the fact that he walked on this earth, the fact that he was crucified. The sticking point is the resurrection. Maybe they stole his body. Maybe there was hysteria by the disciples. Yet here we have the arch-skeptic Thomas, who needed proof. And he had to struggle along for eight days with all his buddies saying, he's alive, he's alive, we saw him. And Thomas not knowing and being sceptical and doubtful. And then Jesus comes into the room and says, peace, shalom. Thomas, have a look. Look and see. In fact, one of the other accounts also says that Jesus was hungry. He asked for some fish to eat. And after eight days, Thomas saw, Thomas touched. Thomas, the sceptic, believed. That's what's in the historical record. What do you believe? There's a few options. Maybe the answer is, nope, I just don't believe it happened. I've heard some so-called prominent Christian leaders believe that. Faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ is central 
to Christianity. I can't call myself a Christian if I don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. So one answer is, no, just don't believe. There's a second answer. The second answer might be a bit like Thomas. Well, well, maybe, but I don't know. I just don't know. Well, let me say to you, there are no grey areas here. This is one of those very few things that is black and white. Either he did or he didn't. It's a bit like that line, you can't be half pregnant. You know, you either are or you aren't. Either Jesus rose from the dead or he didn't. And Paul later writes, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And maybe your answer is, I do. And you have hope and faith. And because we know that the one who has raised Jesus from the dead will also raise us with him in his presence. We know that when our body goes through the death rattle, we know that when our body gives up the spirit, we have life. We have eternal life. Why do we know that? Because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Hey, social media is a great way to stay connected to your friends and the world around you. And we'd like to invite you to be part of the Christianity Works community. The Christianity Works community is full of daily thoughts and devotions and inspirations. So no matter what kind of day you're having, you can be encouraged. If you're on Facebook, search for the Christianity Works page and like us. When you do, you'll see some encouragement from your friends and community at Christianity Works, including free booklet downloads from time to time. But more than that, it's a library of thoughts and verses that you can share with your friends and family. So we'll be sharing God's Word together. It's a great way to share the good news of Jesus amongst all the chaos. Amen. So, like Christianity Works on Facebook, be encouraged and blessed, and share some of that with your friends as well. I pray that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.